Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host... I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hi, this is Earl Oliver from Sully Finish Wrestling. This is Raj Geary with WrestlingInc.com. This is Sean Reed, boxing writer and undercover low-key wrestling fan. And you're listening to Duke Love Wrestling. Woo! Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. And let me tell you something, folks. When we talk about everything else, I'm always happy to interview somebody who's well-rounded, has a lot of different interests going on. Of course, you know, it's best when they are affiliated or associated with pro wrestling as well. But there's a lot more to all of us than just our main job, right? I mean, come on, let's let's. Think about that for a second. I'm sure everyone listening today, you have your regular nine to five job. You have your side hustle and you're into wrestling. There's there's different things going on in your life. So when I meet somebody who is a jack of all trades, like a Swiss army knife, you know, they literally can do a little bit of everything. It's just refreshing and it's exciting. And especially when we're talking about the folks over at Mission Pro Wrestling, they have put together a card. That is just going to knock your socks off. It's called Hell Hath No Fury. Now, if you remember, Mission Pro Wrestling, that's the promotion that uh, Thunder Rosa is running. And they have literally stripped the promotion down. It's, it's an all-female run. It's all-female. Uh, the wrestlers themselves are all women. Like This is literally a women's promotion. They are serious about their business. And our next guest is a prime example of that. So let's not waste any time here. Without further ado, welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. She is the Vert Vixen, and she is going to run wild on Mission Pro Wrestling. What's going on, Vert Vixen? Not much. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. And listen, you know, September 18th, that's a Friday. It's coming up there, and it's down there in uh, Texas. We're talking about Hell Hath No Fury. Talk to us about that card there. What match are you in and what can we expect? Well, I mean, first of all, the card in general is stacked. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but some of the best women's talent, not only in Texas, but around the country will be there. So it's something you don't want to miss. I mean, Thunder herself is defending the NWA title uh, with Lindsay Snow. So I'm personally super excited about that match. Um, But myself and Jenna Lynn will actually be tagging, which this is our second time tagging, uh, against Promise Braxton and Killa Kate. And we are the only tag match on the card. So I am super duper stoked to get in there and uh, kick some butt with her. Now, listen, Vert Vixen, I know that you, like a lot of us, you're a nerd. Um, You know, you you have a big brain. You're always into a lot of things. You you operate at a high level. But this Jenna Lynn, she she falls in that category as well, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. So that's pretty cool. The two of you are are a tag team with each other. Not only 
can you hopefully overpower your opponents because you both are in great shape, but you might actually be able to outsmart them too, huh? I've been in the ring with both Kate and, and Promise, and both of them are exceptionally skilled strikers and, more importantly, amazing submission artists. So I am a little concerned about that, but I know that with Denalyn uh, and my martial arts knowledge combined, and then, of course, you know, my video game knowledge, that <laughs> we'll definitely be able to uh, strategize out of any kind of submission that they plan to put us in or any kind of any kind of attack they've got on us, I know that we're going to be smart enough to get out of it. And not only get out of it, but like you said, overpower them. That's right, folks. And again, Mission Pro Wrestling, hell have no fury. You don't have to worry, folks. I know some of you out there are not going to be able to get out to Texas for, for the card live, but that's okay because it's going to stream on the Title Match Wrestling Network. And I'll be providing some information on how you can watch it from the comfort of your home. Also, if you do want to travel out there, you can get tickets so you can see it live, be part of the action there. Of course, wear your mask. I was very impressed with Mission Pro Wrestling. They put out their information about how they're going to keep everybody as safe as possible during the show. I mean, that's just the way it's supposed to be there. How does it feel, Vert Vixen, to work on a card where they're taking everyone's safety that seriously, where they literally put out a whole list of things that they're going to be doing to keep things as safe as possible? That makes me feel actually really, really good because we are in kind of, you know, scary times right now. We're... Honestly, none of us know what the next day is going to bring. We've gone from, I was just talking to uh, Adam about this the other night, like the world has completely changed now and it all happened in a matter of weeks, you know? And so it's, it's really good to know that Mission cares about our safety. And it's great that we're going to be able to bring live wrestling back to the fans, but also be safe and smart about it as well. Like that's, the biggest thing for me is we all get to do what we love. We get to enjoy wrestling again, and we get to stay safe. Now, talk to me about your name because you, you're the Vert Vixen. What does that mean? Can you, can you explain to the fans? Because I know when I told folks you're going to be on the show, that was one of the first things that they had a question about. You know, it's so funny you say that. I'm actually curious. What do you think Vert Vixen means? I'm always curious to know what people think about it. Something to do with gaming. That's my no. assumption. You are not far off. So um, I don't know, a lot of people may or may not know this. I have a background in uh, video game art. I was a video game artist for like three years, um, an environment artist and a prop artist on uh, games like Wildstar, some games that were never released. My, when I started out making 3D art, I wanted an online persona name that I could use to post my 3D art. And so vert comes from a vertice, which is a part of a 3D model. Um, a 3D model is composed of faces, edges, and vertices. Uh, faces are polygons, as some people would call them. So that's where vert actually comes from. And when I started doing my cosplay stuff, I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep this name. And then as a wrestler, I'm like, you know what? I have already built this name up. It's a badass name. Excuse my language. So I'm going to keep it. <laughs> Well, it, it definitely works. And I got to tell you, what, what I like about it is that, as you just described, it's very original. So there's no way we're going to mix you up with anyone else. And as you've alluded to, you have a, a background in gaming art. You worked in the gaming world. Um, you also do a lot of cosplay events and what have you. So you come to pro wrestling already with a following from your gaming and cosplay world. Talk to me about that. How, how does it feel to be somebody who has such a strong following 
even outside of the profession that you've decided to put so much work and energy in in addition to? When I decided to kind of to put my focus on professional wrestling and take a step back a little bit from the art as well as the cosplay, I was a little concerned that I would lose a lot of fans. I would lose a lot of, you know, of my supporters of the amazing people that have been allowed, you know, excuse me, the amazing people that have allowed me to actually cosplay for a living and stream for a living and do all those wonderful things I love to do. And I cannot tell you how freaking grateful I was that when I was like, Hey everyone, I'm starting professional wrestling. This is what I'm going to be doing. Almost all of them flat out supported me. And not only that, but almost all of them were already wrestling fans, which I've always loved the fact that the gaming community, the cosplay community, and the wrestling community, they always, they all overlap, and I love it. Um, but I'm just grateful that when I decided to make this jump, that they all supported me with it, because that's really, they're the reason I can do this stuff. So I'm just really, really grateful that I still have them, you know, that the people that have supported me, that have supported my growth, that have supported my career path, that they are still supporting me with this insane career change. You are coming around at a time where women's wrestling and really women in the gaming industry, it's so big right now. It's grown so much over the past, you know, 15 years to a point now where it's a heck of a lot more commonplace and there are a heck of a lot more opportunities. Still a long way to go, but we're getting somewhere and it's because of folks like yourself. How does it feel to be someone that the next generation can look up to and say, yes, I want to do what Vert Vixen is doing. I want to be able to be my, my nerdy gamer self. I want to be able to kick some butt in the wrestling ring. I want to do my art. Like literally I can do it all because I see this example in the Vert Vixen who's, who's showing me the way. How does it feel to be that type of inspiration? I mean, I can honestly only really hope that I am that kind of inspiration. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, I've always said, like, I'll never forget. I just have to go back to a memory uh, when I was cosplaying. I was cosplaying as Wonder Woman at um, WonderCon. Oh, no, it was Long Beach Comic Con a few years back. And uh, I had this little girl come up to me, and she just looked at me. She stared at me, and her, her dad looked at me, and her dad's like, Wonder Woman is her favorite. She thinks that you're actually Wonder Woman. Like, do you mind, you know, taking a picture with her, blah, blah, blah. And I just sat there, and I talked to her for a little bit, and I talked to her about Wonder Woman and I talked to her about cosplay because she was, you know, she was dressed up as Wonder Woman herself and we just had this amazing conversation and it was like, it was like at that moment I realized how much you do affect the next generation. Sorry, my dogs are going a little crazy right now. Um, it's, It's at that moment I realized like how much you really do affect the next generation and how I really hope that with everything I'm doing I can set a positive example for the people that will come you know, that are the people that are coming up with me, the people that are, you know, are coming behind me. Like that's, that's all I really want is I just want to be a good example for them to show them that, look, you really can do whatever you want to do. You really can achieve anything that you want to achieve as long as you set your mind to it and you work hard. Like that's, that's all I really hope for. Like, I just, I want to be that inspiration. I don't know if I am. I hope that I've positively influenced somebody somewhere because that's, that's really one of the main reasons why I do this. Obviously I do this cause I love it, but and I do this cause I love wrestling, but really deep down in my bottom of my heart, like I, 
I want to be that person that the next generation looks up to. And I really hope that I can be that for somebody. We are talking to the Vert Vixen. And she is one of the stars for Mission Pro Wrestling. She's going to be on that Hell Half No Fury card once again, folks, Friday, September 18th. You can check it out on uh, the Title Match Wrestling Network. If you're not going to be able to be there live, there'll be information. All you got to do is take a look at the uh, post on our Twitter and Facebook. We even link not only to Vert Vixen, but we will link directly to Mission Pro Wrestling for ticketing information and what have you. Now, you brought it up, and we can hear them in the background. Uh, Duke Loves Wrestling is a podcast that loves animals. We are, and especially we are a dog podcast for sure. So tell us, what, what kind of dogs do, does the Vert Vixen have and, and what's going on over there? I have three dogs. <laughs> um, Adam and I together have three dogs. I have a German Shepherd Corgi mix named Thor. And then I have two, uh, two dachshunds named Stella and Freya. And the two dachshunds right now are just running around like they uh, they're very, they play together. They're young. So they've got puppy, puppy energy right now. And they're running around the apartment. So I'm sorry if y'all hear them like scampering around and growling at each other. They're just playing. I promise. <laughs> well, nothing to be sorry about. In fact, it sounds like there was a, a match that was happening in the background there. So, you know, yeah, basically, do you think one day you might have a, a tag team going on there or you might have a, uh, some kind of stable going on with the dogs? Oh, I wish. I hope. I hope. Let's see, like, the, the bigger one, the quirky German Shepherd mix, he hates people. So I don't think I'll ever be able to bring him around to anybody. He basically likes me, Adam, and then my best friend, Scott, and that's, like, it. <laughs> and the, But the two girls, I would love to bring them to a freaking show one day. It's like, I don't know. It's my dachshunds. I love them. They're so freaking cute. <laughs> That's fun. And, and the fact that you have literally you have three dogs. So, I mean, there's just a lot of energy, a lot going on in that household for sure on a daily basis, which is really a, a snapshot into the type of person that you are. Because one thing that we know for sure is that the Vert Vixen does not sit still for too long. If you're not in the gym working out and you're in incredible shape, you look like you could just destroy anybody who steps out of line. If you're not working out, then you're, you're streaming or you're hosting something, or you're at a cosplay event, or you're wrestling, like just literally, when do you sleep? I sleep too much. I won't lie to you. Like, I get up way too late. In fact, I had my alarm set for seven today, but I didn't sleep well last night, so I didn't get up till 10. <laughs> I, I sleep too much. <laughs> like, I, need, I, I need to sleep less and work more is how I honestly feel. Okay, folks, so I think we just broke some news here. Uh, the Vert Vixen manages to do a million and one things every day, and she still gets a lot of sleep, which lets me know that she is not of this world. She is a, a, an elf, an alien, alien life form. She's from some other far distant galaxy, and that's how she's able to get so much done in her day and still get enough rest. You heard it here first on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, folks. You can send that out to whoever you want. That's it right there. That's right. <laughs> So, so tell me. <laughs> I wanted to be like, I'm from a galaxy far, far away, but that's like, that's too much. That's it. Hey, listen, you know, you, you said it. I have to put it out there. That's news. That is news right there. So are there any uh, video games right now that you feel, and I don't want to put you on the spot here, but let's say, what are your favorite games that you, you play when you're breaking down and, you know, you just want to relax a little bit? Is there anything in particular that gets you going? 
that gets me go. So like, there's like a difference, right? Like if I want to relax, I'll be honest, I probably won't play a game. <laughs> like, when I, unless it's like Animal Crossing or something like super nonchalant, whatever, I don't have to worry or think or stress. Um, but like when I game, I get way too freaking into it. So I've been streaming recently Doom Eternal and then Remnant from the Ashes. And both those games are, they're hard. <laughs> they're difficult games and they're fun. Um, and they're both shooters, but Remnant from the Ashes in particular, if any of y'all know what Dark Souls is, it's basically Dark Souls with guns. So every freaking boss, you have to fight like at least five times to understand their mechanics. You're constantly dying. But it's so addicting. But I'm telling you, my stress levels when I game go through the roof. So when people are like, what games do you play to relax? And I'm like, I don't. (laughs) Games don't relax me. They're just fun. And it lets me get out all of my anger and frustration. (laughs) Like, that's why I game. Oh, we're getting real close to the truth here. Okay, so if she's not smacking people around in the ring, then she's smacking them around in the the gaming arena, so to speak. So there you have it right there, folks. Now, do you ever take on any challenges from uh, the general public? Do you ever do any special features like that where your fans can play against you? Um, You know, I did once. It's something that I've been talking about. So the game Remnant I've been playing is a multiplayer, and it's got multiplayer online. Well, so is Doom, actually. Um, And some of my, um, you know, some of of my subscribers on Twitch have been talking to me about, well, what if we do gaming together? And I want to get going on that because I think that that'd be really fun. But in the past, I actually have, I don't know if you all know what Darksiders is, but I actually have a Darksiders tattoo on my arm because it's one of my favorite games. But the reason that how I got that was one of my followers challenged me to a speed run because he thought that he could beat me in a speed run with Darksiders. And I said, okay, if I win, you have to pay for my Darksiders tattoo. And I won. I beat him by like an hour and a half in that speed run. So <laughs> that's that's probably the only time that I've like done like an actual challenge with my subscribers or followers. But I definitely think it's something I want to do more. Well, you hear that there, folks. If you're going to step up to the plate and challenge the Vert Vixen, you're probably going to have to pay for her next tattoo. So make sure you got your stuff together before you even try it out. Okay? You heard it there first. So tell us, uh, you know, Hell Half No Fury, what can we expect in your tag team match? What's going to be the finish when this happens on September 18th? Oh, man, that's not something. First of all, first of all, that's something. I don't, I mean, I don't want to give that away. It's obviously going to be Jenna and I going over. Like, how could it be anything else? And even then, even then, look, my finish is the Koji Clutch. Okay, I call it the cheat code. So I'm going to submit the submission specialist. That's what's going to happen. Do you understand how how she is here, folks? Not only does she want to win the match, she's going to submit the submission specialist just to throw a little extra mustard on there. That's the type of competitor that the Vert Vixen is. I'm telling you, I don't want to mess with you, so I'm going to make sure I choose my words carefully and and not mess around because I I don't want to pay for the next tattoo and I don't want to be put in any kind of – you know, submission there because I'll just look foolish. That's for sure. Look, so as, a, as a gamer and as a wrestler, like I am probably one of the most competitive people you'll ever meet. So I believe don't, don't mess with me, man. Let's do this. <laughs> I believe it. And listen, I've done my scouting report. So I've heard about what you're doing in the gym and what have you. And it, it just, 
it's incredible what people are saying. There's no doubt about it. You are very serious about winning this match at Hell Half No Fury. Uh, again, folks, Mission Pro Wrestling, the title match wrestling network you can check it out there stream it it's going to be something else so vert vixen please let everybody know if they want to reach out and they want to follow your career whether it be pro wrestling gaming cosplay you name it what's the best way that everyone listening can follow you uh so i am on twitter at vert vixen i'm also on instagram at vert vixen if you want to hang out with me live i do stream uh, twitch.tv slash vert vixen i'm currently in the process of changing my schedule again because i just added more wrestling training to my schedule so i will be posting my new schedule on my social media soon but i am also on facebook at facebook.com slash alicia cosplay so you can find me really all the places except tiktok because i feel like i'm just too old for tiktok i won't lie to you i tried it and i was like i can't i won't <laughs> i can't do this I'm going to say this one last time, and I hope you don't beat me up for it, but the Vert Vixen is from a galaxy far, far away. It's clear she is out of this world, and you got to check her out September 18th, Hell Hath No Fury, Mission Pro Wrestling. Vert Vixen, thank you very much once again for joining us. No, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Just a great conversation with uh, Vert Vixen, and I'm telling you, folks, she is somebody who is just going to continue to take the wrestling world by storm because when you're talking about someone that has more than one interest, you know what I mean? Like she can do it all. She's a cosplayer. She's a model. She's a host. And oh, by the way, she's in incredible shape and she can beat you up. And it certainly doesn't hurt that she's over there at Mission Pro Wrestling. That's Thunder Rose's promotion there. I, I just, I think we're going to be talking about Vert Vixen for a long time to come. That's for sure. And, you know, speaking of a long time to come, you know what to expect every year around this time, folks. The Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500, okay? This is literally the granddaddy of them all. This is the, the list of the 500 best wrestlers in the world. PWI, you know, the Time Magazine of Pro Wrestling, they put it out every year. And, you know, I, we have a tradition here on Duke Loves Wrestling where I have Uncle Harry Burkett come on the show and it, it goes either one or two ways, which really it's only gone one way uh, each year with, with Harry. I think this might be the fifth year we're doing this year where um, I have to express my disappointment and who's on the cover of the Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Now, make no mistake about it, folks. I love PWI, and I love the PWI 500. But every year, I feel like I'm being antagonized. The folks over at PWI, they want to stick it to the Duke. I don't know if it's because they don't like my aftershave, or I don't know if it's because I'm from Boston, and you know, a lot of these guys are from other parts of New England and what have you. Whatever it is, it's just amazing that they can do such a great job with the rest of the list, but they can't get number one right. I just don't get it. But we're going to get to the bottom of it this year because they, I think they've gone too far this time. All right, I thought Roman Reigns was bad. This is, this is probably the worst number one in the history of number ones for PWI 500. So without further ado, welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, Mr. Harry Burkett. How you doing, Harry? Well, glad to be back on the show. And I have to say, I'm, I am proud to be your uncle. And you're my favorite nephew. So whatever is said here, even if feelings are hurt, don't, don't fret. It'll be okay. <laughs> 
Well, you know, but because because we're family, we could be honest with each other, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and that's right. Just a few few people listening in. That's all at the dinner table. That's right. That's right. Well, listen, let's be honest here, Harry. Why do you hate me so much? Because I don't understand why you and the group over there at PWI continue to find the people who I dislike the most in the entire wrestling industry, and you keep making them the number one wrestler in the world. I just don't get it, Harry. Well, I have to say, during our first PWI 500 meeting this year, we sort of worked out the, the top 30. And as we talked about number one, number two, number three, then number 10, then it was around like number 13. And I thought, you know what? Duke might be happy this year because not one person had brought up Roman Reigns yet. I thought, you know, maybe I shouldn't say anything. So I didn't want to catch a lot of grief. And then I forget who it was. One of the other uh, writers, maybe it was Louis D. Somebody like that. Or no, it was uh, Al Castle. said, oh, whoa, wait a minute. What about Roman Reigns? I said, oh, God, here we go. So as you know, Roman Reigns settled in at number 14. But uh, I tried to keep my silence because I, I knew you would be upset if he was much higher than that. Although you must uh, be enthused about his return. Well, I, I have to say, Harry, obviously my very good friend, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, he's working overtime to try to get back on my good side because now he has Roman Reigns doing all these things. He's doing all these things that he never did before. He's finally listening to me. You know, he's, he's, he's being himself instead of pretending to be the good guy that he never was. So, Roman Reigns, I know you're listening. You're still a punk. You're still my arch nemesis. I never liked you anyway. And just because you're pretending to be the man that I've always said you were, that doesn't mean I'm going to start cheering for you, Roman Reigns. You know, but don't try to distract me here, Harry. Why don't you tell everybody <laughs> who's number one in the 2020 PWI 500? Because I'm very frustrated about this. Well, I have to say there was great debate about number one. One camp thought it should be John Moxley based on his strong record as AEW champion. Um, other people thought it was Adam Cole. At that point, when we were talking about this in June, Adam Cole had been NXT champion for a very long time. Uh, our readers had already voted him wrestler of the year. So whenever you come into the 500 discussions, you automatically have to think about who was wrestler of the year just a few short months ago. And I came in leaning toward Cole, but ultimately I was convinced based on the quality competition that Moxley faced both in AEW and New Japan. And he had defeated both Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, no small feat. Um, but one thing I, I do want to ask you about um, you seem like you're a little offended that seeing Moxley on the cover, did you think it was a further insult that we did it in the style of the Stone Cold Steve Austin cover from 20 years ago? You know, it, it was insulting that you did that, but I must say that I'm not surprised um, because, you know, John Moxley has never done anything original a day in his life. He's a, <laughs> he's an Onita ripoff, first of all. So, you know, to think that in, in the most prestigious moment, of his entire career. Literally, it will never get greater for John Matt Moxley than it is. He's on the, the cover of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. He's deemed the number one wrestler in the world. Of course, he has to copy somebody else. So I wasn't surprised about that, Harry. And, and quite frankly, I thought that was actually your way of trying to, you know, give me a nod there. He's like, well, yeah, look at this guy still copying somebody. So yeah, <laughs> well, I get it. Well, we just felt that he surpassed Cole. 
in late 2019 and early 2020 before COVID hit. And his AEW win-loss record was really good. Something like seven wins, two losses. So I think that was the stat. So that kind of nudged it right there. So it was really between those two. Well, I mean, I like to formally apologize on behalf of the entire wrestling industry to Adam Cole, Bebe. You were, you were robbed. You were cheated. We were all deceived. We thought for sure this was a slam dunk. But it's clear that there are some negative forces going on in PWI uh, because of all of the great things that they did in the 2020 PWI 500. They just couldn't, they couldn't give me the cherry on top of the cake. They had to, for whatever reason, take a sour lemon and put it on top just to remind me that nothing is perfect. Okay, so I'm sorry, Adam Cole, and, and quite frankly, Harry Burkett, you guys ought to be ashamed of yourself. Of all the people to put in, on the top of the, the wrestling world, you picked the non-wrestling, unoriginal, former Dean Ambrose, Mr. John Moxley, who, you know, his, his lady is far more or, over than he'll ever be. It's just really disappointing to see him as the number one wrestler in the world, Harry. Well, the staff really thought that you and I needed a conflict point and that was the easiest one. <laughs> well, they they picked a really good one. <laughs> now, now, Harry, uh, let everybody know what round out the top ten for us here. Who, oh, sure. In order, uh, who's one through ten? So yeah, so number one and two were settled, and then came the competition for number three, uh, which was really between Chris Jericho and Drew McIntyre. It seems like that's how that's how we rate these things. Uh, basically. It's it's head to head with somebody. Okay, who gets number three? Okay, these two guys. Who gets number four? So, after number one, number two were settled. That was number three, really between Chris Jericho and Drew McIntyre. And although Jericho was no longer the AEW champion when we did the rankings, uh, he had a superb year. I think everybody agrees with that. Probably his best year as a performer. While McIntyre's story didn't really kick into high gear until very late in 2019 and then came his Royal Rumble win. So McIntyre had a very hot three months, but that couldn't compare to Jericho's full year, you know, of the great work he's been doing. So also I believe Jericho made Tanahashi tap out. So that's why Jericho got number two. McIntyre got number three and the rest here. Let's see. Uh, wasn't a lot of, uh, controversy about Naito at number five, Okada number six. In the old days, we would probably tweet that and say, hey, we can't have two Japanese guys back to back. But we decided to go total legit. No, no frivolous factors like that involved. Uh, seven, Cody Rhodes, because he's having great matches with everybody. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but, but we believe he is. And also the open challenge he set up for the TNT Championship. Number eight, Seth Rollins. Number nine, Kofi Kingston. There was some discussion about Kofi Kingston, whether he should be ranked that highly because his WWE title reign seems like it was so long ago. But the fact that three months of his title reign occurred during our evaluation period. And, and our evaluation period ran from June 2019 to June 2020. And he remained, even after the title loss, arguably the most popular star on SmackDown. And, of course, we factor in 
SmackDowns on network TV. That counts a bit. Um, and while we don't rank tag teams in the 500, we had to factor in his overall success as a tag team champion. So he was number nine. But one thing we made a decision on was just being a world champion that doesn't make you a lot for the top 10. So like Braun Strowman, for example, he's further down the list. But going down the list, uh, let's say number 10, AJ Styles. And uh, can we keep going with the top 20? Uh, well, no, you know, that top 10 is, is interesting. Yes. I will say that. That, that top 10 is very interesting. Um, I don't understand why Seth Rollins is in there. I, I don't, obviously, you know, Moxley shouldn't be in there. That's a whole other issue. Uh, everybody else for the most part is okay. I, although, you know, McIntyre, eh, I could take or leave him too. So Harry, it just seems like, first of all, I'm not sure how much contribution you had in on, on this. Uh, I, I'm not going to blame you for all of these mistakes, but I will be sending in an addendum and you guys Actually, can I just took with, notes. I just took notes. I, I took the minutes for the meeting. Yes, please take the minutes for the meeting. And, and here's what we do. Just send it to the printer press. We've got to pull every single magazine that's supposed to be going out, pull it back. Let's redo it. And we'll take some of these guys out who are in the top 10 that shouldn't be there. Um, just so we can make this the most accurate as possible. You know what I mean? Now, what, what everybody wants to know about, other than number one, of uh-huh. course, is number 500. So let's just skip right to that. Who is the number 500 ranked wrestler in the entire world? Well, and you know this as well as I do, that if a wrestler can't get into the top 20, they want to be number 500 because that's what makes the headline. And um, in recent years... Like, you, you will remember, number 500 was always kind of a joke wrestler. But the industry has expanded so much that for, I, I would say, 10, 15 years running, number 500 was uh, a talented wrestler with a gimmick, maybe like a Chip Fairway or somebody like that. But it's just been very ordinary in recent years. But this year we have someone we believe is a, a good wrestler, uh, deserves to be number 500. And he has a very interesting gimmick, Dan the Dad. And, it, and I just refreshed my memory a little bit. Like, if you see him come to the ring, he looks like a dad. He looks like a dad who's at a baseball game. He's, he's got his cap. He's got his zip-up jacket. He always carries a coffee mug. And he wears the glasses that look like they came from the late 70s. So he looks like a dad. And uh, he's been around for quite some time. Uh, had a lot of good matches in St. Louis area, Midwest. Uh, was trained by Michael Elgin, actually. Oh, wow. So we're by that pick. Although, and we've discussed this already, there's a lot of wrestlers claiming to be 501. Well, yeah. And, and you know, I wanted to ask you about that because there's a guy who's a local guy here. And he's threatened my life. He's already let me know that if I don't ask you this question, that I, I may not be able to show my face around Dunkin' Donuts ever again. And I just don't need those problems. Um, he goes by the name, uh, the Boston badass, Steve Savage. So he writes, let me, let me pull up the uh, message here. Yeah, actually, um, we're all confused with Tony Rumble. 
<laughs> well, that's the Boston bad boy. But <laughs> oh, right. okay. this is the Boston badass. Yeah, yeah. But but Steve Savage wants to know uh, why was he not ranked in the PWI 500 this year? This is his 20-year anniversary being in the wrestling industry. He wants to know why wasn't he ranked in the 500? Well, actually, we have to come up with a list. And, right, and that list doesn't stop just naturally at 500. You know, you come up with 500, you come up with 510, you come up with 520. And, you know, by my notes, I had written down Steve Savage as number 501. Now, that wasn't officially accredited, but, you know, if we were doing a five PWI 501, I have a feeling Steve Savage would have got that spot. Well, there you have it. See? So hopefully uh, the Boston badass Steve Savage – uh, you're satisfied with that answer. You know, you, you were right on the cusp of making it into the PWI 500. Uh, so please allow me to go to Dunkin' Donuts and get my medium coffee without any problems here. Uh, because I, I just, you know, I, I'm telling you, Harry, these wrestlers, man, they get really serious about this PWI 500. And hey, Duke, I'm glad you brought up Steve Savage because this gives me the opportunity to make a cheap plug. Uh, you should look at the Pro Wrestling Illustrated store at ProWrestlingTees.com. And, you know, there you can get your traditional red, white Pro Wrestling Illustrated T-shirt, different colors. Uh, we also have The Wrestler and Inside Wrestling. But we've added a couple T-shirts devoted to the 500. And we have one that says, I'm number 501 in the PWI 500. So I would recommend uh, Steve Savage get online and get that T-shirt. You know what? I mean, it, it literally, it says his name on it, basically, you know, number 501. So Steve Savage, there you go. They were thinking about you, and, and now you got this, this new shirt out there that would look great on you. So that's a, that's a very good plug there, Harry. Thank you for, for saying that. Listen, I also want to mention, dude, we're talking about people who actually turned the 500 thing into your gimmick. We had Timmy Lou Retton, who was defending the PWI 500 championship on the indie circuit for quite a long time. So he considers himself the PWI 500 champion. Maybe uh, he and Savage can have a match. Somebody needs to book that. Timmy Lou Retton versus uh, the Boston badass Steve Savage. Let's see who the real Mr. PWI 500 is out there, okay? Or Mr. 501, who knows? I, don't, I know Timmy's ranked a lot <laughs> higher than that, but, you know, that, that would be an interesting uh, matchup there between the two of them, for sure, for sure. We're talking to Harry Burkett, of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Now, you know, Harry, let's take a step back for a second because uh, this is a tradition that you and I have where you come on Duke Loves Wrestling and you give information about the PWI 500 and I let you know what I like and I don't like, you know, on behalf of all the wrestling fans out there, whether they agree with me or not, I'm, I'm doing it on behalf of them. No one nominated me for this. I nominated myself, so that's just the way it is, you know. Um, one of the things that happened last year is there was a very strong reaction to the 2019 PWI 500. Not to take away from anyone who was listed last year, not to take away from any of the team at PWI who put all the hard work into making that list, but quite frankly, that list was just not it. Harry, to your credit in particular, you came on this show and you took a verbal lashing like never before. I mean, literally, you stood there and you took a lot of hits. Took all the hits. And you stood pretty firm. And there was only two ways to go there. 
Now, you could have said, well, listen, that's the list and that's the end of it. And this is, this is what we're going to do. And we don't care what you have to say. You could have went there. But instead, Harry, you, you listened and then you made a promise that you were going to take it back to the team and you guys were going to discuss it and you're going to discuss how things can improve. And you encouraged everybody listening to reach out and contribute, to share their suggestions to let you guys know about their favorite wrestlers and the top wrestlers in the world and and contribute to the 500 in that way. And just in general, help guide where PWI should go in the not too distant future. So we got behind that. And I'll tell you right now, Harry Burkett, I'm going to go on the record and say this. I am completely blown away by all of the changes that PWI have made since then, and especially with the PWI 500, first of all, never before have there been more black wrestlers listed in the PWI 500. It is just tremendous to see all of the diversity on the list, not just black, but people of color in general. It is tremendous to see how much diversity is on this list. But then you guys didn't stop there. You also, for the first time in history, you added women to the PWI 500. So do me a favor, Harry, and just just talk about that a little bit, some of these changes here, and and from your perspective, uh, why they came about. Well, you had brought up this issue to me, and this was one of the first times I'd heard about it. And you hooked me up with a gentleman who goes by the Twitter handle of uh, Righteous Reg, I believe. And he provided me with uh, the Black 500. And I passed that along to our publisher and editor, Stu Sachs. And he took it seriously. And because our big thing is, it's not so much we're social activists. We don't want anybody left out. And we're always worried, are we looking, hey, do we not have enough West Coast wrestlers? You know, or, or are we not looking at this particular part, aspect of the indie scene? And... This list just kind of brought their attention to us as far as all these wrestlers that we should be considering, and we did. Stu told me to thank you and thank Reg for uh, passing that along, and I'm, I know what you guys are thinking. Oh, well, that's awfully nice of them, but we probably won't say anything of it. But I know how Stu's mentality was. We just want to be able to review everything and, and make sure we're making the right call. And uh, since then... Um, I should mention this because this was huge news for us. Stu Sachs retired this year after 41 years of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. So we're still kind of getting over that. And uh, Kevin McElvaney, who has been a contributing writer for PWI for 12 or 13 years, um, he came on board back when I was editor, I think probably 2007-ish. And he comes in, he's, he's obviously younger. He's younger than me. He sees things through a, a different set of eyes. And he took all this very seriously. And he didn't seek to make us like social issues illustrated by no means. But he just wanted to make sure everyone is included. And uh, you're right. It goes beyond African-American wrestlers. It goes to openly gay wrestlers. And we took intergender wrestling into consideration. Um, this isn't the first time that we've, included women you know we've had a few in the past like uh jackie 
uh, Jackie Moore back when she was Miss Texas. That goes back way back to the 90s. And when she was main wrestling only men. But you have more and more women wrestling a mix or mostly men. And there are just so more of those today. Now, could I see one day where we just have one 500 list for male and female both? Uh, possibly. Um, right now with our tag team rankings in the magazine, we're now including female tag teams. Like we're just recently when it started talking about Sasha Banks and Bailey and how they deserve to be rated as a tag team in the top 10 with the male wrestlers. So we're doing that. Now, of course, I personally, I don't want to lose the women's 100 because I love that issue. I like seeing all the women in one issue. And, I, and that always has a great cover with a, a female wrestler. So for, from a magazine point of view, I'd hate to see that happen. But you can see where that could be the natural trend line. For sure, for sure. And, and I agree with you. I think the women's 100 uh, deserves to continue to be around at least as long as the 500 was around without women. Uh, because we've got a long way to go. And yeah, we have a lot of women who just wrestle other women. So that's a major factor. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, I'll tell you, man, and, I'm, and I'll tell you, everybody listening right now, without a doubt, this is the most modern pro wrestling illustrated 500 in history. And I'll go on record in saying that because I've seen them all. I am a lifelong PWI fan and reader and, and somebody who... I have not existed on this earth without Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Pro Wrestling Illustrated is a couple of years older than me. So literally, mm -hmm. even as a baby, PWI was always on the coffee table. Okay? So that gives you a little understanding of where I'm coming from from this perspective and how much of a thrill it is to, to be able to talk to you, Harry, every year about this. Um, because PWI, just like Ric Flair and Vince McMahon and, and Pro Wrestling in general, it's, it's been in my life forever. This, without a doubt, since you guys have been doing the PWI 500 in particular, this is it. This is the, the premiere. This is the, the standard. This is the most progressive. It's the most accurate pro wrestling illustrated 500, with the exception of number one, that, has ever, that I've ever seen. You know, and, and, I, and I know that I'm not alone in that because I would argue that the interest and the enthusiasm behind this issue is probably as great as it's ever been. Now, would you say that I might be on to something here so far, Harry? I think so. We're really encouraged that the fans have embraced us, and, and you talk about our history. We're very proud of the fact that when you talk about institutions and wrestling, there's only two entities can, that can say they go back to the 70s, or if you really want to trace roots, it's WWE and PWI, and both can trace their roots to the 1950s, actually. Because before PWI, there was the wrestler, Inside Wrestling, Wrestling Review, Wrestling Illustrated, uh, Boxing Illustrated, Wrestling News. So we go way back, and I, I think it's a good thing that we put whatever authority we have, I hate to use that word, or historical heft behind a list like this. It really is something else, and it's such a thrill. And, and let me say something about this, this Kevin, because I'll, I'll tell you right now, when you folks announced that he was going to be taken over, I'm sitting there saying, myself, who is this punk, this young kid? Who, what the hell does he know about PWI? He's just a contributor. How could you guys give him the keys 
to the Cadillac, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, yeah. this is this is just going to be terrible. What have you? I am so amazed at how great of a job he's done thus far. I mean, you, you guys have in a very short amount of time. I mean, literally in less than a year, you have modernized so much. Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the the social media. You guys brought back PWI Weekly, the enthusiasm behind everything that you're putting out. I mean, even the issue before the PWI 500, which had Charlotte Flair on the cover, and you had that oh, yeah. fantastic, fantastic spread on, on Thunder Rosa. I mean, that was a very popular uh, issue as well. I mean, literally, PWI, I haven't seen this much enthusiasm in years over this magazine and I'm just so thrilled and, and shout out to the whole team and especially to Kevin who, you know, Chris Jericho called him a moron, which <laughs> that was a great compliment uh, coming from Jericho at least. Uh, but, but really, really, I think your team is firing on all cylinders right now and it's and really, it's only the beginning, right? It is actually. And um, the internet really harmed uh, magazine publishing across the board. I have to give credit to Stu for, enabling us to hang on and, and put out a very good magazine when, you know, one time, you know, uh, I'd say 99, 2000, our company was putting out 70 wrestling magazines per year. If you count, count as special issues and things of that nature. And then around 2013, we went from 12 issues of PWI down to six. And that was kind of dispiriting. And you say, okay, well, the, the end must be near. But then 2013 rolled into 14 and 15 and 16. And I realized, well, you know, it doesn't sound like this magazine's going out of business. We just hit the bottom that we needed to hit as far as uh, being profitable in the market. And it's just a slow process. But I think we can look forward to announcements in the near future of, I'll just put it this way, a lot more PWI for people. And it's something that is unheard of in this day and age of the internet. Um, so I'll leave that to our editor in chief. He'll probably have an announcement in the, in the coming weeks, but I'll just leave that little cliffhanger. Well, this is what happens when you actually respect your fans and you respect the, the wrestling industry and you continue to deliver top notch quality product. This is what happens. You know what I mean? The, the brand loyalty will not go away and that next generation of fan is being introduced to PWI and is being uh, conditioned to understand that you guys are the standard. So yeah. and, it's just great. And Stu, had, Stu had really set in motion like evolving the magazine. Uh, for those who haven't taken a close look lately, uh, and I'll tell you quite honestly how we used to come up with stories in the past. And there's nothing wrong with this. I'm sure the National Enquirer does it this way too. Bill After would plop a bunch of photos on the table and say, hey, hey we got some pictures of uh, Diamond Dallas Page against, uh, against the Warrior or something like that. And uh, we, we, we would actually come up with a story to match the pictures. And uh, sorry for that telephone, dude. Um, and that's how we came up with a story. It doesn't mean the stories weren't legitimate and they weren't interesting. And we made the most of what we had. But we don't really approach it that way anymore. Like Kevin will say, or Stu would say, you know, there's this wrestler out there who uh, isn't getting enough attention. 
I think readers would like to know about them. And uh, oddly enough, this started years ago, the Young Bucks. This, I, I kind of like go back. This is when I felt like changing, like our approach changing, where the Young Bucks, I think it was Nick, had put out a tweet like disparaging PWI for not including them in the top 10. Now, if you remember back then, the best thing that the most notable thing the Young Bucks were known for was uh, having a differences of opinion with Booker T and Rob Van Dam in the locker room. I don't know if you remember that. And Stu took that so seriously, like, are we shortchanging these guys? And he thought about it. He said, you know what? We are. They're wrestling in Japan. They're like IWGP junior heavyweight tag team champs. They're not in our top 10. So he assigned me to do a story interviewing them about what they thought. And they're very respectful, but they were making the case. We've been ignored. And since that time, I feel like we're constantly reviewing our own mindset of who we think are stars, who should be stars. And just people that the fans, the readers should know about and let them decide. Um, basically, all our feature stories, instead of having you know, a, a fancy hook of a, a headline or something sensational, they're more like, let's get to know this wrestler better. And you know, we do interviews with these people, and we just try to explore a side of them that people don't know. And I, I think if you've been reading the magazine in recent years, you, you'll find that's the case. 100%. It, it legitimately is serious articles, informative articles, and even the weekly. I mean, there's, there's, it's just packed with so much great information and links. Um, and I agree. I love to see the weekly come back because um, I know when I was a kid, teenager, a friend of mine had a subscription to the original PWI Weekly, and he got that thing every Wednesday. And what was great about the weekly is they could put out that paper newsletter weekly out within a week where with the the magazines going to the plant and being published oh that was at least six weeks out not longer i was i'm trying to think of the year it had to be around 98 we realized that we were spending all day monday of each week working on this pwi weekly where the circulation was dropping and dropping and dropping and uh, Stu finally made the decision he said guys does it make any sense that we got five of us working on the PWI weekly for a fifth of our work week and it's hardly making any money at all? So that's when the decision was made to drop the weekly and we would concentrate on the magazines, which were doing terrific at the time. So I've always missed it. And when Kevin came up with the idea, hey, let, let's just kind of reproduce the weekly and I'll put fun things in like some retro pictures or uh, uh, Sometimes they have themes, like when Stu Sachs left us, uh, we did a Stu Sachs theme, PWI Weekly. But Kevin, he puts that together mostly himself and gets it out every week. He does a great job with it. I, I love it, and I love to tweet about it and expose other people to it because I, I really feel like it's something that everybody should be paying attention to. It's just it's yeah. great. So plus it's free. Well, yeah, <laughs> plus it's free. That, that definitely uh, doesn't hurt. But it's a great marketing tool because it yeah. – especially the, the, the older stuff, it, it makes me want to go back and, and track down those, those back issues, so to speak, you know? Yeah. And you, Kevin, um, he does come into this with a social media background and, and we think that's going to be really useful for us. I think on all platforms, you're going to see a, a lot of exciting changes. 
And, yeah. uh, he's converted me, man. He's, he's got me uh, reinvigorated and, and excited <laughs> about what's to come. That's for sure. That's yeah. for sure. I, and I don't know if you're going to be listening to it, dude. Probably not. But uh, on the PWI podcast this week, we have our number one winner, John Moxley. So he's on the podcast, and that's hosted by Al Castle and Brian Solomon. Yeah, you know, I'm really not happy about it. I'm, I'm just, you know, Harry, and you guys want to throw salt in the wound, which is really what's frustrating there. Um, an otherwise great podcast that PWI puts out, but to put this guy on there, it's just really frustrating. I got to be honest with you. Well, I guess we have to do a lot of explaining of why he's number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I know that you're short on reasons because it just, it doesn't make any sense, Harry. Speaking of which, hey, we're we going to have to lawyer. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have to, you know, get one there. Uh, speaking of which, we know that the women's 100, the PWI women's 100 is coming up. And if there's one thing that the Duke has been very serious about, I've been laser focused about, it's the fact that Thunder Rosa, La Mira Mira, okay, is the most disrespected person in the history of pro wrestling, especially from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, I cannot believe how low she was ranked last year. And I have not stopped complaining about it, Harry. And to my pleasant surprise, for some strange reason, PWI did a great feature on her uh, in your last issue, right before the PWI 500 issue. So is it is it fair to say that PWI is starting to uh, see the error of their ways well at first i thought you really caused me an awkward problem because the fact that you kept like needling me about thunder rose's rating in the last women's 100 which was number 97 that got a lot of people's attention so kevin decided hey let's do a feature on thunder rosa about this issue like find out what what, what makes her tick and I, I was thinking, well, that's cool. But I don't know if it's because he knew I was getting a hard time or he took pleasure in this. He assigned me, of all people, to interview Thunder Rosa. And, of course, she's a lady. Wouldn't want to fight her, but she is, she is a lady. She was very revealing. And I told Kevin at the time, the one thing I have gleaned from this interview, she has more heart and determination than anybody I've talked to. And it's not just in-ring performance. It's to succeed on every level as a professional wrestler. And that even means the new ways, like we've been talking about, social media. Like she wants to be number one, you know, on Twitter, you know, with her fans. And you know how she does a lot of different events with her fans. It's everything from like uh, trivia to, you know, just anything she thinks will you know, entertain her fans and keep them coming back. So she's really mastered all levels. And as we saw, you know, last night, you know, she probably deserves to be a little bit higher than 97 this year. Oh, you think? Just a, just a little bit higher, huh, Harry? She, she had a match she'll of the year. Top, <laughs> she'll, crack, she'll crack the top 90 at least. Well, yeah, let's, let's hope. I mean, listen, if, if she does it, I, I feel bad for all of you because she'll probably right. go down there and, and unleash some thunder on all of you. Um, she had a, a legitimate match of the year match um, last night against Serena Deeb in a match that was so unexpected and, and it really wasn't heavily promoted. Uh, those women 
beat the hell out of each other. And, and a lot of, what's that? A lot of people are saying that's the best women's match in AEW so far. It may be the best match in AEW so far. I mean, really, you got to put it up there yeah. with Cody versus Dustin and some of these other matches. And not because of any emotional backstory, but just because it was the best action, nonstop action, and legitimate, stiff, uh, deliberate, professional wrestling. Finally, right? It was just, yeah. it was the stuff that we need in 2020 from every major wrestling promotion and then some. And to think that it was two women, right? Women oh, are yeah. so disrespected in this industry to this day. Women have to fight so hard just to get any TV time to this day. And, and Harry, you know, it's something that I, I talk about every day. I tweet about it every day, talk about it on my show every week. I'm very serious about my women's wrestling and the way that women are treated in, in the industry. Um, to think that these two women who are technically not signed to any major televised promotion, uh, you know, Thunder Rosa is the NWA women's champion, but that's primarily on YouTube. So neither one of them are signed to any major television promotion to think that they went out there and put on a match like that on TV for the world to see. It just, it, it, absolutely elevates the the conversation the notion that women's wrestling is far more um it's it's of a higher quality and it it should be respected a lot more than what it has been in recent years so you know you damn right thunder rosa better be ranked uh, at least higher than she was last year because if not there's going to be hell to pay over there <laughs> Well, hope to, hopefully she can't find me. <laughs> well, you know, Harry, she, you know, she, you're the number one person she knows over there. And what's funny is every Thank time she's, yeah, she's been on my show for about two or three times in the past year and she has called you out in particular. Yes. So I, I've made it clear that you are to blame for all of, all of the way that she has been discussed in PWI. Okay. Yes, you're indeed. Welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Harry. <laughs> Thanks so, to my nephew as usual. That's right. That's right. That's what that's what family is for. So Harry, you know what, I, I should ahead. point out one thing she touched upon in that article that people would find interesting was that she was uh, recently sworn in as an American citizen. So it's nice to hear her tell that story, and that she was a featured speaker at, at the at the at the ceremony. Yeah, I mean, she's just somebody who. And her whole family, too. I mean, just really great down-to-earth people. Uh, when you see her in the ring, the intensity, the, the deliberate violence that you see there is so incredible because when you talk to her one-on-one, -on -one, she legitimately is just one of the nicest people you could ever interact with. So it's a real interesting way that she can turn that on and turn that off, just like all the great wrestlers. So, yeah, I'm really, really impressed with Thunder Rosa. I haven't been this impressed with anyone since Manami Toyota. So mm. I just, I really, I, I put her in that esteem, man. I think that we're going to be talking about Thunder Rosa as, as being just one of the top wrestlers, regardless of gender, uh, in the world for years to come. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, Harry, let everybody know, how can they get more PWI in their life? And especially if they want to follow you. Uh, uh, by the way, my neighbor's dog is barking because they hear me saying Harry Burkett. And, you know, they get excited when they hear that name. But tell okay. everybody how they can reach out to PWI. 
Well, uh, probably the best place to go is pwionline.com, and that's pwi-online.com. And it gives you a sneak preview of whatever issue we have going at that time. And you can subscribe uh, to the digital version or you can subscribe to the mail version. Um, I still like getting a a physical magazine. Um, One kind of wasn't really risky in this day and age. But as you know, one thing that Kevin did was go ahead and post the 500 online at midnight uh, last week. And... In the, in the old days, you would say, well, gee whiz, people don't have a reason to buy the magazine anymore. But as we know, interest means everything. And even though you may have the physical list, you can still get the physical magazine. And uh, you will get all of the mini bios, all the biographies of the wrestlers in the 500, as well as the take of some of us writers, um, where we each have a column and we give our two cents worth. And... Uh, my take on this year's 500 that you'll read about is it's the exact opposite of last year's column that I wrote last year. I wrote about how WWE, if you're a WWE wrestler, you had a built in advantage and that it was justified because of the global exposure of WWE and the schedule that those wrestlers worked. Um, This year, my column was the exact opposite partly in due, due to COVID-19, where nobody was active this year. And not that WWE is so much waning in influence, but the pie is getting so much bigger that WWE's overall percentage of interest is less than it was. But that's a good thing because there's so many other promotions out there. So I went off on a little tangent there. But at our website, you can also uh, listen to our latest uh, podcast. And um, right now, the digital version of the 500, if it's not out, it should be out. I believe it's out already. Um, the print edition, uh, they'll probably be out by the, well, easily this month sometime toward the end of the month. His name is Harry Burkett. And, you know, Harry, we, we have our standing um, date here. You're going to come back on and we're going to talk about the Women's 100, the PWI Women's 100. And, you know, Harry, <laughs> brother, I, I hope I have something positive to say. You know, we're, we're going to find out here because I'll tell you right now, this is the number one, even more so than the 500, people are itching to hear the Duke and Harry Burkett talk about the PWI Women's 100 because well, I, I've, I've kind of worked myself into this space where I, I'm one of the more vocal people about women's wrestling in the world. And I, I don't take any, pr- I take any prisoners here, man. I call them all out. Right. And uh, I've appreciated your tweets over the uh, past year about holding AEW to, to a standard uh, beyond the press release. Um, and you point out how WWE NXT has heretofore done a much better job with women's competition. So I, I think that pressure is always good. And I'm sure during our deliberations, your shadow will loom large. <laughs> you can count on that. And, and real quick, Harry, I think that in order for the pro wrestling industry as a whole to really get to where it needs to be from a mainstream standpoint and continue to endure you know, its popularity and bring up that next generation of fan, we need media 
to treat it like a legitimate thing that not only should be praised when it's doing well, but should be scrutinized. And I think that if you're a company that is going to market one thing, then you damn sure better deliver. And if you don't, you should be held accountable for that. And that goes for all of us. I'm not going to say I'm going to have Harry Burkett from PWI on my show and then Chili Willie is on instead. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I think that I'm going to continue to push this for every promotion like I've done that just give us what you said you were going to do. You know, we could talk about what you need to improve upon, but at the very least, give us what you said you were going to give us. Give us that standard. Give us that quality. And that's what I did even to you last year with the, with the 500. Right. I said AEW took a big step last night. Well, it did. And, and, I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not foolish enough to, to not understand that this is in response to the pressure. You know, they're realizing that in order to get to where they need to go, they can't operate like the old days, man. They can't operate like the companies that they said they were going to be the alternative to in the first place. Yeah, give us quality women's wrestling and give them time and feature them and let's get on with it. You know, there's nothing women can't do that we can do. So what's the problem here? Let's go. Mm-hmm. And and they have the talent. That's this is the number one thing. And for anyone who out there who says that the AW the um, AEW women's roster is not a good roster, shame on you. That's not true. Some of the most talented wrestlers in the world are on that roster. Okay, this isn't an issue of the talent itself. This is about how are they being featured, how are they being encouraged, and is it consistent? If you only put me on TV once in a blue moon, how am I ever going to improve? Right. It's got to be consistent. It's got to be deliberate. There's got to be storylines. It's got to make sense. And it's not like it's not happening in the company because we know it is with the men. So there's no Mm -hmm. excuse. You know, Jungle Boy had no wrestling experience, really. And he's in storylines and he's in things that make sense. Uh, uh, Orange Cassidy is is involved in things that make sense. You see their, their progression, these young wrestlers who really didn't have TV experience. Um, they're being fostered and trained and developed. And you know the best way to do that? You keep putting them on TV. That's right. Secret. Yeah, that's the secret sauce, man. And it's, it's, it's not rocket science, so that's, that's what it is. But, Harry, you know, we could talk forever, and, and, and you and I, we sure. get into that groove anytime we're, we're, we get together here. Thank you for coming back on the show. And as you do every year, you're always a class act. You let me talk my nonsense to you and you still stand up tall there, which I appreciate. Glad but, you're my nephew. Yes. I'm glad you're my uncle. And, 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 you know, but we're probably going to be feuding again when you come back on in a few weeks to talk about the women's 100. Okay. Well, we'll do this again. What a great episode this has been. And, and boy, just, you know, two great guests. That's what it's all about. I mean, get solid people from the wrestling industry on the show Let's have some fun conversations. I know you fans, you really enjoy that. And, uh, sorry, uh, my my phone is ringing, which I don't understand. This is this is actually a new line. I don't know why this this line is ringing. Hold, hold on. Hello, Duke, Duke, Duke. It's the Boston badass Steve Savage here. How are you, my friend? 
Steve, Steve Savage. Listen, Steve, I'm recording uh, the next episode of Duke Loves Wrestling right now. Can I, I don't even, how did yeah, you no, get this I, I, Hey, I got, I got friends. Don't ask. I get things done. You know this. But uh, since, since you're in the middle of recording an episode, why don't you put me on with that suit from PWI? I got a piece of my mind to give him. Well, Steve, I, I, I finished that interview, so that's over there. Um, uh, well, was I mentioned? I've been talking to you for weeks, telling me, you know, telling me you're talking to this guy. Why wasn't I in the 500? I get a letter in the mail every year from Bill After before he left the magazine. Oh, you just missed it. You were 501. I didn't get a letter this year. I wasn't in the 500. What the hell is going on, Duke? Well, so so Harry Burkett, he, he did address that. He, and I'm sorry, Steve, but he said Don't lie to me. He, he said – you'll be able to hear it. You'll be able to hear it. He said that you were 501 again. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's uh, why you didn't make it. You know, that's what's holding me back in this business, the suits. They don't want somebody who's a little mentally unstable in their magazine. Well, Steve, you know, that, that's something that you've said for, for years, and I hear you, man. I mean, I, I don't – of course, I, I'm in no position to disagree with you if you feel that – you know, this is what's holding you back in the industry, then who am I to say 20 otherwise? damn years, Duke. 20 damn years. Wrestling is returning with live audience to Maine. I'm not sure if you knew that, but uh, in October, we got a live crowd out there. I got that booking myself. I made the phone calls, not the damn 10%. I am tired of the suits holding me back in this business. Steve, I, I, I hear you. I mean, definitely... You know, we all have a right to to have some frustrations out there, and and Lord knows these days, there's plenty to be frustrated about. But you know, it, it, you can't. Are you really blaming your agent for for the booking issue here? Like, come on, Steve. Well, the agent's problem is he's broke. Well, if the agent wants to make money, he needs to get his clients work. I've got a friend who was a also a client of his. And he says, Oh, how long's, uh, how long Sean been your agent over there? I said, Oh, you know, a little while. We just signed the contract during lockdown, all that. He says, yeah, let me give you a piece of advice. I've had him for three years and he's gotten me zero work. Okay. Well, Steve, <laughs> Steve, you want, Hey, Sean, Sean, I hope you're listening. You want your little mark out moment. You know how everybody in the business does a great Vince impression. Well, let me tell you something, pal, you're fired. Well, I think this may be the first time that uh, someone, even an agent, has been fired on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. What the heck is going on here? Um, boy. I'm sick of it, man. The agents aren't getting the work for the boys. I got Cody Rhodes ducking me because the agents are involved. I I'm even getting tired of you, Duke. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Okay. Steve Savage. Okay. Listen, I, you know, I, I'm here to support you, man. I, I don't have any problems here. I, you know, we were having a good episode. Um, I don't, I don't know how this is even going to fit in, but okay. Uh, is it? I'm done being a nice guy. People wanted to push the asshole button. Well, they pushed it. Steve Savage isn't taking any shit anymore. I am done with the shitty promoters the shitty agents, and the shitty marketing people. They promised everything, and nothing comes out of it. If I wanted smoke blown up my ass, I'd get one of them damn volcano things that the potheads use. Okay. All right. Well, Steve, you said that you have a, a show coming up. Uh, do, do you want to plug that? Or, you know, 
Yeah, sure. Why the hell not? 3W Wrestling coming to the American Legion on Main Street in Fairfield, Maine. It's going to be October 17th. Uh, I believe bell time is 5 p.m. and tickets are 10 bucks. Let me tell you, I'm going to be in that building, brother. I'm going to be in that building. They don't even have me on the flyer, but somebody is going to get their ass kicked. Maybe multiple people. Who knows? I might even beat the hell out of a referee and a fan just because I can. Okay. Well, Steve Savage, the Boston badass, he's, he's going to beat up somebody in Maine, even if it's a referee. I, I just, this is, this is crazy. But listen, Steve, thanks for calling, man. I, <laughs> yeah, no problem, Duke. Hey, how about them Celtics? Yeah, you know, they're doing pretty well. They're yeah, doing pretty yeah well. you, they're doing pretty well. Where's your pride? Where's your pride that you had when Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and Robert Parrish were running up and down the court? type of fans like you make me sick. I will bring out all your damn secrets. You pronounce your R's because you think you're better than us. You don't go to donkeys three times a day. I swear to God, Duke. You better start acting right. I will find you. Not going to be a voice behind the keyboard for long. You know, I'm terrified of that guy. He he is just completely crazy. Uh, (laughs) I'll tell you, Steve Savage, I I don't want any problems with this guy. Jesus Christ. Uh, Again, thank you to our guests this week, Vert Vixen and the great Harry Burkett from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And that's it. Losing my voice here, folks, because I'm so terrified. Join me next week. We'll have another great guest. Talk more great wrestling. In fact, I got some news to break next week. Some funny business going on in the wrestling industry. Potential fraud. We're going to talk about this. Potential fraud. Oh, boy. Till next time, be kind to yourselves, be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.